and watch this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and I'm here talking all things Soul for a Devil's Show. Me the show this week, our special guest, the big man in the big red suit, Santa Claus, hopefully bringing lots of goodies for all the Salford fans listening to this St. Nick. Looking forward to uh, your busiest night of the year. Oh, oh, oh. yes, very much so. Uh, I can't speak with this. <laughs> can't speak. We all can't speak. Hiya, Rob. You all right, right Paul, you okay? Yeah, good. Yeah, yes. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting there, aren't we now? To yeah. our Christmas. It's, it's taken me a while to get into the spirit, but I'm I'm there now. I'm just, yeah, uh, it's it, it's creeping up slowly. So, But that, that means we're getting nearer the season. This is it. It's certainly the friendlies and then the season. So, yeah, it starts getting exciting again now. And it's been a... Been a bit of a drag recently. It has obviously off season, dark nights, wet, cold. You sat there just looking outside, wishing February to come. Not long to go now, Parky. What have you been up to since we've done a podcast? We haven't done one for maybe three weeks, four weeks. It's been a while. I think I don't think I did the last one either. I think you and Paul did that. I think I did that. Well, yeah, uh, just well DIY. I've got painted hands as it stands. We're still just finishing off a few bits in the house so that's why it's taken me so long to get to christmas a few appointments here and there i went to the 150th celebration do i was very lucky to to get a ticket for that gifted strangely and, uh, well yeah somebody who couldn't make it kindly donated it to, to me as a as a little donation so that was nice yeah so i went there and then i got covid so that laid me up for a, the best part of a week and i haven't left the house since i don't think Oh, yeah. So it's just been a, a busy time now, like you say, build up to Christmas now. I've got to get some shopping done. There's only a few days to go. Other than that, it's just been trying to follow the news, trying to keep up with what's going on in the game. And yeah, just sort of looking forward to the new season, trying to catch up on signings and that kind of thing. Those little bits you miss at this time of year because you let things slip a little bit. So it's good to catch up. Yeah, I tell you, when, you, when you've not done a podcast for a while, the news just stacks up and things drop off when you don't, yeah. they aren't relatable yeah. now or they go past the deadline you think well oh. but yeah been been pretty busy dad's still still fighting hard yeah um, christmas is coming kids they love that this time of year don't they? they're always like begging you for stuff and they go, can't, can't go shopping <laughs> with them now because they're just <laughs> picking up all the random stuff off the the shelves in sort of tesco and asda can i have this can i have this it's like yeah. you know, we'll see what see what santa brings got got a thing now modern technology now is i get him to and pick up a toy once and I take a picture of it with him rather than write a list. And then I put like a media file together of, of him with various yeah. different toys and then send it to Santa as an MP4. Very good. Yes. Very good. Yeah, I like that. I so like that. Yeah. hopefully Santa's device can read my MP4 and uh, he'll get what he needs. Otherwise, I'll oh, probably he, get a, an email back saying unrecognized. No, he, he, he'll know. He'll know. He'll have it all covered. Don't worry about that. He'll know. Yeah. As long as he's been a good, as long as he's been a good boy, you'll get you'll get what he wants. Well, we've all been good boys, Park. It's whether we get what we want is the big question, yeah. isn't it really? <laughs> Speak to yourself on that one. <laughs> Other things, big breaking news today for us, Park, is that we have been uh, nominated in the Sports Podcast Awards. I talked about this a few weeks ago about us being uh, asked to be put forward to be in the competition, and we're in the best best rugby podcast. A nomination with 12 other nominees. Parker, I know obviously we didn't win in the independent podcast awards, but it was still a great achievement for us. And obviously to now be involved in this one, it shows how, how excited we are. 
Yeah, and I think this one's probably a little bit sort of better in many ways because it is solely about rugby. I know it's both codes and, and everything else, whereas the other one was a whole wide range of interests and, and people obviously w- will follow things more than rugby league because rugby league is quite a small thing in people's pastimes, especially around the country, maybe not so much in the north. But So this is a lot more focused on what we do. And uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, some of the some of the uh, other competitors that they're involved, big big names in the game, and it's just nice to be up there. I mean, we're just we're just three lads. Some of these some of these other podcasts have a slick technology all around them and pro- producers and all sorts of things. You don't the amount of work that, that sort of goes in, but with a team of millions, we're just three lads who just sit together and and, and have a chat. So it's nice to be there. I think it shows that. There's a space for there's a space for us. We're 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 just doing it as you would if you. It's like a virtual pub, isn't it? Mm. We sit down, we talk about, we discuss, we disagree, and that's the way it should be. We don't need all this slick technology or anything like that. We'll just do it like this, and and hopefully people like it, and people do seem to like it. Sometimes I'm sure they get infuriated listening, but we just do it as as mates. Yeah, and the best thing is our listeners who are listening to this now, Parky, can vote for us to get into the final four there's 12 podcasts there's three other rugby league podcasts uh, the rugby league outsiders the 40 20 podcast and the bench with jenna and john so there's the rugby league contingent there's also bbc scotland the rugby podcast bears beyond the gate cherry jam happiness is bruce aitchison um us rugby league outsiders the Good, the Saz and the Rugby, ITV Sports Rugby World Cup podcast, the official Rugby World Cup podcast 2023 and the Rugby pod. So really, there's only a couple of us, there's us and I think it's Gloucester who are the niche in the race. But our listeners who, have, who support us by listening week in, week out and have been on our journey for the last seven years with us, opportunity now to vote for us and get us into that final four I mean that'd be that'd be massive like you say it's not for us it, it, considering some of them names you just mentioned the BBC and ITV and then the one that Jenna and John do I mean these are these are big things these are professionally put together by by corporations by people who have money and do for us to be involved in that kind of competition is, is amazing but yeah it'd be wonderful if we could if, if we made it to that last four I mean that's that's a statement. That's a statement not just for us and Salford Rugby League Club, which would stick us firmly on the map again, but for, for Rugby League in general. I think if there's anyone tuning in who's not a Salford fan and just catches up on Rugby League podcast, if you vote for any of them, give us all a go. Let's get Rugby League up there because we're fighting a monster. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. And we're, we're, the, we're probably the tiniest of all of them, so we could do with all the help. So, yeah, if people could take the time and just... Give us a vote and we'll see where it takes us. If if we don't make the four, we're still in the 12. It's a bit like Super League. We've been to IMG. We've had a word. They've put us in the top 12. I'll do. We're not going anywhere. We're not getting relegated. No. That's how I'm thinking about it now. So if you are listening, please vote for us. I'll put the link out on our socials. It's a couple of clicks and it's done. And then hopefully come, I think it's February time, we're in the, we're in the mix for the top four. So lots to go at. Parker on the show, but I'm going to start with a little quiz for you. They rattled up a quick yeah. Christmas quiz um, okay. for us to, to have a little go at. I'm going to start with this one. We have played on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. Okay. 
we've played 11 games on Christmas Eve. Can you tell me how many we've won? Was it A, 10, B, 5, or C, 6? On Christmas Eve? Uh-huh. I... And I'll Alison out there, have a rack got... your brain as well. Uh, see, because of my sometimes negative view of my own club, um, and some of the teams that will have played on them days, because obviously it's not anything that's happened in the last 20 odd years, because mm. clearly we don't. And I, I don't really remember us ever playing Christmas Eve that often. It was always Boxing Day, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. this is going back. I, I, I suggest that our lads like uh, a, a teams of ours have liked a little tipple in the past. Mm. So I'm thinking perhaps they haven't performed as well as they should <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Maybe not being as professional as some other clubs. So I'll go with the lowest. Did you say six was the lowest? Six. Well, five say, was the lowest. Five. Oh, five. I'll say five because I just I think we're a, I just think we're a bunch of drinkers. <laughs> and that's correct, Parker. We won hey, five games. That's that's logic. Next question. Christmas Day, we've played forty games. Wow. How many games have we won? Was it A, 20, B, 10, or C, 30? Again, by my own logic, I can't, I shouldn't really go, go high. So I'll, I'll go with 10. Correct. Two out of two for Paul Parkin. Showing that some Christmas. Some Christmas ghoul might be in your ear giving you all these answers, maybe. Yeah, yeah, my assistant coach here is he's getting me through <laughs> this. He's giving me some ideas. I've run out. I'm completely gone. It's that time of season now. Yeah. I've tried my best. Boxing Day. We've played 66 times on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. How many games? Was it A, 40, B, 26, or C, 38? See, now Boxing Day generally played a local rival, which mm. would be Swinton, Oldham, Lee, Rochdale, probably. And I, I think on most of them, we've got a bit of a, probably a better record. But there will be times when we've played Warrington, Wigan, Saints, whatever. I'll go, mm, I'll go middle. I'll go, you say 36? 38. 38. Correct. That's three out of three. I just, I mean, that's just... That's just me using that kind of... It's one of the local teams and the the ones that we would probably play at that time of year. Are, I've been lesser lights for most of that period compared to, to us, sadly. Mm. But yeah, yes. it'd be interesting to see who we've played the most. I suppose Swinson must be up there for Boxing Day. We can have a look. I can get back to you that next next podcast, maybe. Yeah. Okay, but a couple of interesting things that I found out. In 1898 and 1899, we played home and away and won both games. Who did we play? Did we play A, Leeds and Swinton, B, St. Helens and Wigan, or C, Bradford and Halifax? We played... Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. I'm one and both. Because Swinton are on it, I'll say Leeds and Swinton. Not this time. Got it wrong. Mm. It was Set Ellens and Wigan. Really? We played Set Ellens away on Christmas Eve and won 13 2. 
And then we played Wigan away. No, we played Settons at home on Christmas Eve and Wigan away on Boxing Day and won 13-5. Wow. Wow, magic. Settle for them days. So another one. 80-99 to the 1900s season. We played Wigan on Christmas Day. Okay. Uh, And lost 5-3. Can you name a Sulphur try scorer? 1899, did you say? Yeah. To 1900? Yeah. You would blow my mind if you got this one. I'm I'm going to have to go with... It'd be too early for him. One of, I'll give you a clue. One of them um, is, is one of our former chairmen. It's probably not him, but it's named after him. That's it. The other two, I can't really. There'll be other. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit difficult, that one. You want to come back to that one? Yeah, come back to that. Come back okay. To that. I, I... This this is a question. This is more of a statement, right? This one. We in 1903 we played um, on Christmas Day against a Yorkshire team mm. and lost nine nil. Who did we play? Was it A. Halifax, B. Leeds? Or C. Bradford? Halifax. It was Bradford. Boo. Even so worse. Two out, two out of three at the moment, Parker. Yeah. The... Well, two out of three out of five, even. But what I'm thinking is Christmas Day, Oddsall, December. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been there on New Year's Day. Mm. That's, that is a grim, grim thing to have to do. Yeah. Went there. I think there was about three and a half, four thousand people there. You can imagine how grim that really looked before the glory days of the bull mania and all that. Was, yeah, that was that was grim, and we got hammered. The 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 nineteen hundreds thing is yeah, he's confusing me because I'm getting me me players all mixed up now, and I would. So he played in. Did he play in ten to thirteen? But no. Well, you blow my mind if you get this one. I'll move on to the next one. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Right? I'm going to have a guess. Because normally I would I would go James Lomas at that point. But I'm mm. not going to because I okay. think he's a little bit later. Was it Dave Preston? Not a try scorer that day. No. H. Hardwin. H. Rats, Earnshaw. Rats. And J. Wilkinson. 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 Yeah, no, I wouldn't have got that. Wouldn't have got that. But to be fair, three out of five, not doing too bad. Not doing too mm. bad at all. Let's okay. fast forward now to another game on on uh, Christmas Day, which was Broughton Rangers at home. We won nineteen ten. Can you name a Sulphur try scorer? What what year are we looking at? Nineteen oh eight. Go Lomas. James Lomas, correct. Yeah. And he kicked four goals as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend. Final bit of Christmas trivia, Parker. Okay. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players born between sort of Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Can you name them? I can give you some clues. I've got. I think I've got one because I think I 
think he's the same age as me. Come. It's a, see, it's either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, though. That's the problem. I might be wrong. So I, I probably no. I think he's. I think he's New Year's Day. I'll give you a clue. I, I might. I, I, might I, I mean, obviously, we're going over what, uh, the whole history of the club. Yeah. Rugby League Project is where I got the information. So if it's yeah. wrong, then it's not me. Yeah, no, no, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd probably be spot on on there. I'm going to say Nathan McAvoy. Nick and McAvoy is one, yes. Yeah. And it was a player who used to always celebrate at that time of the year. There was somebody, I'm sure in my lifetime, somebody else. Not like a... So, the 80s. I'll give you a clue. There's yeah. one who played on the wing for Salford, early 90s. There's one... That's one of the best try scorers of all try all time. One that scored against Wigan in the Challenge Cup when we knocked him out. One that signed from Huddersfield, went back to Huddersfield, and he's a forward. And one who I think is kind of a youth product. I think he plays for Oldham now, or did play for Oldham at one point. That's him. Swinger of all on the wingers. Well, the one the winger from the, the, the winger from the early nineties is quite quite intriguing. Mm, well, like yeah, mid nineties, early I Don't know that. I really don't. The the all one of the all time is well, it's one of. I'm thinking one of three, mm. but it depends how far back we're going back. Well, we're going back a long way. A long, long way. Not a long, long way. Uh, to be fair, he scored. He scored most of his tries probably against us than he did for us over the years. Probably. A, a, a fire. Yep, yeah. and a fire. Yeah. Okay. Martin off here. Is that? I can't think of these players who come through the system. Who's all them? Is he? I mean, I, I keep thinking like Adam Clay or someone like that. But I've got. I've got it. It's, Jack Spencer. All oh, right, Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, I think he's still knocking about, Jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good lad, Jack. No, Huddersfield to Huddersfield. Huddersfield. I think he came from Huddersfield, stayed with us for a bit, went back to Huddersfield. Not like Seb Ikehifo, is it? Not him. Who came with him? These modern ones are terrible. Mm. Ask me something about 1900. No, he came with me. Oh, my God. That is terrible. That is awful. Not Tell you what's happened. Forgot his first name. That's awful. Carry on. <laughs> are you still knocking about? I think so. Playing first division, maybe. You can see him, but I can't think of his name. Oh, no. I'm getting old. I've got something wrong with me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> No, it's called it's Roberts. Yes, yeah, he's a tall lad. Yeah, uh, he's still not doing it now. <laughs> so you've got one, two to get. One scored against Wigan in the Challenge Cup when we beat Scott Martin. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and the last one is Terrace Legend played on the wing. What? What are we looking modern times? Yeah, nineties. 
is. Phil Ford. Pat Sini. What was it? Born Christmas oh, Eve. Was it? Mm. Well, it was a gift. It was a gift to Salford. I'll say that. Yes, it Certainly was a gift to, the, gift to the casino that I worked in at the time. <laughs> um, really, what a, what a character! What he a was character. brilliant. Must be something about that time of the year. Brings magic. Brings loads of magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, some good, great, great players there. Bit annoyed about the Roberts one, but I, I still can. Yeah. Andrew, is it Andrew Roberts? No. No, it's like it's it's Jet, not Jet. Anyway, it'll come to us. I remember him at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I like for us to be honest. But. So, yes. all the fun affair that one, Parky. Enjoy now. That. News. So, Parky, we'll start with our ING rating. So long ago. Now, just to remind everyone, we have received a B rating. We are eighth in the table of the uh, clubs who have been uh, judged in the IMG uh, situation. Uh, I want to say my congratulations to everyone at the club who sort of worked hard to get us in this position. Uh, it's it's a monumental effort, it really is, considering the clubs around us, the clubs are with great history and, and, and ones that tend to throw money at things and that kind of thing. So, to be in, uh, to know that we're in, well, that's the main thing. It would take an absolute disaster, obviously, for us not to be to be in there now. But to be considered that way, the effort that's gone into that bid to, to, to prove... Because you've got evidence everything. It's not... We don't just say, oh, yeah, we've got this and don't worry about that. You look what happened to, to Castleford. I think they finished, like, 14th or something, didn't they? Mm. If it stays like that, they won't be in the Super League. That's, I mean, imagine. This is Castleford. I think they've only ever been relegated what, once or twice in their history. But, but absolutely brilliant. You know, I'm, I, I was full of praise for the club at the time, and I still am. People, people have certainly recently have been very, very quick to have a go at the club. You sell all your best players. You don't do this. You don't do that. I'm, I'm a critic with everybody else. I'm not just going to back people up. But if I think the club have done something stupid, I'll, I, I'm not going to sit around and let it just pass. But this, the, to, to, to do what they've done. And to prove that we are one of the best-run clubs, to clear as many debts as we possibly have, to keep ourselves above water, just to be fight every single month. People don't realise how tough it is. It was, oh, why do we have to sell him? Why do we have to do that? This is for things like this. Because we could, yeah, we could keep Tyler Dupree. We could keep Bro- Brody Croft or, or Andy Ackers and offer them lots of money. We've still got to find that money to pay him. We go further and further into debt. Eventually, people come knocking on your door and we wind up, we don't have a rugby league club. Now, we've got a club that's running, yeah, on a shoestring. That's never changed in my lifetime. In 40-odd years, I've never known us be flash with cash. When Oku Cash came in and made a million promises about me water park and stuff like that, it never happened. <laughs> Things like that. But at the end of the day, these people have, have, made, have, have convinced an international management company that we are one of the best-run clubs and most viable clubs in rugby league. So, no pipe dreams. We've laid it all out. They, everybody knows the crisis we, we've had with the stadium, with money, with what, whatever. Nothing. We don't hide anything like we have done in the past. This is all up front. And people don't like it. I know that. But they don't want the truth. They don't want to know that, oh, we might have got, I don't know, 180 grand or something for Tyler Dupree. How much wages do you think that pays? And for how long? It doesn't. It doesn't last. So we've we've gone along and we've kept our head above water. We pay the bills. 
and we've convinced people now that right there with evidence that we're a top club. Yeah, very exciting times. Just quick run run through the scores. The fandom we got four point one five. The performance we got three point four five. Uh, for finance, 2.15, stadium, 1.83, and community slash catchment, 2.25, which gave us a total of 13.80 parquet. I know uh, six teams got the maximum score, the A grade, which were Wigan, Saints, Leeds, Catalan, Hull, and Hull KR. Obviously, they're the scores we need to aim for to make sure that we are in the Super League come 2025. But like you said, we are where we are now through pure hard work, through everyone behind the scenes who have, who have gone through the, the ringer emotionally and probably physically wondering and worrying about what, what was going to on. And now we're in a situation where we are in the top 10. And as long as we continue to deliver and continue to in- increase our fan base and continue to reach out into the community and engage with people, there's no reason we won't be there when the IMG scores come in for real. Well, there's another point here that we, I mean, the fandom thing is, is it's up and down. Eh? You get a bit of success, you get more fans. You don't, you don't. That's, that's where we're going to really rely on, on, on the, what happens on the field. The other stuff, is happening off the field. All right, performance thing, but there's a, there's a key here. the community engagement. Right, I think we've not been scored highly enough for what we do. But right, what is happening now? I believe is that Salford Council, along with the club and the foundation, and everything else, have set up a plan now to go forward uh, with rugby league in the city, and they I think they're approaching the RFL to have a meeting. To tell them what's happening, what the plan is going forward. I think the idea is to get every school in Salford playing rugby league at some level to assist the amateur club. To do, I think there's a, a a plan in place now that, that wasn't in place maybe when IMG were going through all this. I think once the, the council have met with them, give them a few guarantees, at that that level will go up again. So our points will go up. We're not far off an A grade already. So that that again will lead. We'll add us up there. Once we know we're in there, and if we can get an A grade, which means you're not getting relegated, you're not going anywhere, you're stuck in there now, that'll help the fans come in. There's a bit of bit of security there. It's not, oh, a couple of bad results and we're going. You can buy a season ticket knowing that next season, be a Super League. So you could probably sell a three or four year season ticket in one go. You can do mm. all these things that are opening up now. And I think this... this I think there's, there's things happening off the pitch and within the city of Salford that will push us further and further ahead. Yeah, and I wonder how it'll achieve if we do, when we do, let's be positive, when we get into the IMG top 12, 10, how our mindset will change because as a club, we're always hovering, aren't we? Sometimes we do have good seasons, we get into playoffs and yeah. we get sort of to grand finals and stuff. But majority of the time, we're thinking, get to 20 points yeah. and we'll see. But yeah. now, when we're in the IMG, doesn't matter. We can invest in our future. We can bring players through. We can become a better club. And that, for me, is the big key to bring players through. Mm. Right. So we lost Brodie Croft this year, right? And we're all we're all panicking. We're all everybody's oh, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to replace? You don't replace too many great players. You know, you don't replace Jackson Hastings. You get a player in, but 
not the same thing. But now what we can do, we can have a look around. We can have a look at the championship, the second division, whatever. Have a look at the amateur game. Build from the academies. Have a look and blood people. Bring them through. Give them a chance. Let's see, because we're good at that. But what we've done with, with players, we've got them from the championship. We've got them in the Super League. The Super League players now. They are out there, but clubs are too, uh, too worried about taking a chance because that chance may not pay off. You're paying a guy, he's taking up a squad number, he's not good enough. You, you're dwindling at the bottom of the league, you could go out of the Super League like Wakefield did last year. Terrifying times for everybody. Now, we can invest in the future. We can think, well, it's not about next season or the season after. We're in the Super League, we're fine. What happens after that? How do we now progress as a club? How do we not just survive or make a playoff or a semi-final? How do we then become a full Top six side. Mm. How do we regularly make finals? That's the strategy we've got to go on. And I will say, with with Ian Blees where he is, uh, whilst we've got the likes of Paul Rowley in the club, we've got two people there who are key to that and, and, and are probably better positioned than many clubs to get the best results going forward. Yeah. Like you say, everyone's pulling in the right direction. We've got round pegs in round holes. And yeah. as a club, we we are ticking all the boxes, which which is great. There is obviously other aspects of it that need improvement. Finance and stadium probably are areas which we do need to improve on, but they are areas which will take a while for us to grow. And and go hand in hand. Mm. If If our rent goes up and we have to pay more, we have less money. If we're not getting any money from the bars, from ticketing, from the, 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 the corporate side of things, if we're not making any money, we lose out. If we can get money from that, again, it goes back into the club. It, it, all that, them two things go hand in hand. Uh, and that is and has been the major stumbling block for us recently, mm. in recent years. If we didn't have that issue... I think, and I know where this is, we're going to go with this, but what I'm going to say is, just going back, if we'd have been at the Willows, right, and yeah. we'd have had the last three or four years of success that we've had, you would see a completely different club. Because financially, we would be so much better off. Because we owned the Willows, right? The crowds would have been up, there's no doubt about it. The Willows itself, as in the Variety Centre, was was always paying back into the club anyway. We were always taking money. I, I honestly believe if we didn't have these overheads that we have at the moment and, and the way we have to push everything, we'd be in a better position. Now, I know we're not. I know we're 11, 12 years on, whatever, and this is a different scenario. But I think it's been harder to build. It, it's like you know, they say, building on sand. That's That's the way it's been. Because every time we've got a decent run, we've still got to pay out for this. We've still got to do this. And we're getting nothing in return. That's That's been a huge problem for us. And we haven't been able to benefit from our own success. Do you think, obviously, you, you say it would have been different when we were at the Willows. I'm not 100% sure that would have been right. Because our move to the stadium, even though it's, it was, it's difficult because there's different things going on behind the scenes which affected how the club was being run. But if you were at the Willows with the home comforts and everyone's doing Bob a job, everyone's doing everyone else's job, would there have been the drive? Would there have been the, the fear factor of if we don't start doing stuff here, 
clubs going under. Would would that would uh, we have got that at the Willows in our own home comforts? Uh, I, think, I don't think it would. It would. It, it would have need. It just needed. It would have needed new ownership, unfortunately. Anyway, like we do, John Wilkinson managed to fight everything for thirty years. Hmm. Let's not forget that. I mean, when when licensing came around, let's not forget that terrible time. And we got a license, and yeah. nobody in rugby league wanted Salford to have a license. John Wilkinson and Dave Terry and people like that made that happen. Right? We got a license for Super League. We were a Super League club. We've always had to fight fight the things. And I don't think John would have still been in charge now. So somebody else would have had to come in. So times would have changed. People would have had to step up. People would have left. And we would. And, and, and no matter what, I mean, you look at Castleford and Wakefield and their, their, their grounds and that kind of thing. They still got. They still had to become more professionals clubs, hmm. despite what's around them, because that's the way the sport has gone. It's no longer just thirteen blokes on a pitch. It's it's a business now. It's different, and it has to be done differently. And I think I honestly believe that the Willows. And I get told this a lot, but and I try and defend it. I think it would have been more financially better for us. I think the crowds would have been higher. I do think that. We, we could have progressed. And if we'd have got the kind of support, don't forget when that stadium was built, it cost, what, 16, 20 million, whatever. If you'd have spent that on the Willows, mm. it's, it, it's all hypothetical. And I know that and I understand that I've got rose tinted glasses about the Willows. Of course I have. I think we all have. But I do believe we'd be in a better place. However, we're not. We are where we are. And we're making the most of it now. And things, I believe, and there'll be hundreds out there now who are saying, I'm not buying a season ticket, I'm not going, I'm not doing this. I believe we could be about to turn a corner. That's the way I feel. Yeah, and it's exciting. It has to be said, because obviously we've had a, a few years haven't we, of, of, of doldrums, but last couple, grand final, Challenge Cup final, playoffs finishes. Last year was a bit of a blip, didn't quite get there, but we've got things happening, injuries and stuff, not able to to get there but we've got Paul Rowley in charge we've got a backroom staff there who are trusted focused we've got a group of players there who are very good who who are in my eyes good enough to be in a playoff every season if injuries we don't get in by injuries and stuff like that but it's exciting it's exciting times to be a soft fan yeah I think the the other thing that people have are probably not taken into account recently when you look at the first team and the way it's been last year, I mean, you say a blip, and I know we'll look, we'll look back. I'm not sure it was. I think when you look at the squad and the other squads in the league, seventh is, is fine. Seventh was fine. We wanted the playoffs, but seventh is good for us. We could, with the squad size and the injuries we had, we could have been Wakefield. So we weren't. We weren't Castleford. We weren't fighting at the bottom. We, at not very few points in that season do, did we think, oh, this might not go our way. We were confident and we were looking up always. And that's that's a big thing. That's that's progress for Salford. Let's not forget that. I mean, we've been there. We've seen it. We're always looking behind us, worried. We were looking forward. But the other thing is that now, and we mention it all the time, we have a ladies team, right? We have the disability teams. We've got the reserves. What Everything else we do from, from the club all costs money. Mm. That was something we never spent before. A couple of years ago, we had one team, the first team, right? All the money in that club, everything we got from sponsorship, everything we got from Super League, it went on that one team and they failed 
every year. Now, that money is spread a lot more. You've still got to buy kits. you still got to get transport to the games. The coaches they put on for the ladies to go over to their games. All the, It's not free. Nobody's giving it you. You've got to get use your money wisely. Our club has grown massively, but our money hasn't. In fact, our money's probably come backwards, if anything. <laughs> but, but we're doing a great job with it. And that's why I think it just takes that one... It's one thing, one thing to click for us. And we're, we're in place to go forward. Yeah. Positive mindset, positive language. The CBS, which is the Reds Rise again, board came out with a statement. They were delighted about what happened regarding the IMG, confident that the stadium decision will be successful and, and we'd get to where we need to be. And I thought it was a good statement. Obviously, we talked about letting everybody know what was going on and did. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the key. Communication is... It is still a a point we fail on sometimes at, the, at Salford. And I know it's not kept away from the fans on purpose. But sometimes some things have to be kept behind behind closed doors. Mm. We can't know everything. Just because you're a fan doesn't give you the right to know everything. On the other hand, they have been open recently. They have come out. And, it, and it, if the club actually told everybody exactly what's gone on in the last two years... It would scare you to death. (laughs) It would. How close we've been to not being around. So what they're doing now is being open and upfront and telling us, look, this is what we hope is going to happen going forward. If this happens, this happens. That's where we're going to be. They're not secretly hiding things. They're not squirrelling money away. They're not doing anything stupid like that. I don't think people realise how little money's in rugby league to start with. So I think when you look at it like that, I think we'd, we'd, they've done a really, really good job. And like, like they've said there, we, we just wanted to, to hear from the club to tell us what, where we were at, where, where are we starting from now? And in the past, that's never been the case. We've never, we've never found anything out. So there's still a few stumbling blocks there, still a few things we, that the club could do better. I think actually putting a positive spin on things at times is, is something they could try, which doesn't seem to happen. But other than that, on this, this thing, we should be shouting from the rooftops that, IMG have accepted us. Yeah. And obviously, Paul King, the, the top of the tree, has done a fantastic sort of job motivating people, getting people pulling in the right direction. Now, obviously, we, we read his statement where he was talking about what he needed from the council. He's talked about meeting the council. He's talked about meeting the RFL, meeting all different parties to try and get everyone together. And, that, and that's a sign of a good leader that he's able to take time in that chaotic moment to say, look, this is where we need to go. And we followed. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I was very surprised with the statement he made regarding the council. I thought at the time, I thought you don't, you generally don't tell councils and politicians what to do because they don't like it, despite the fact that sometimes they forget they work for us. But I, and I thought the council could have took that a little bit, took the hump and made it a little bit trickier. They didn't. They moved fast. So it worked. And there was things going on in the background. We know there were. The, the council were working on certain things and... These things don't just happen like that. But I think it was just a kick in the pants that everybody needed. And uh, yeah, we kind of got a result. And that's the exciting thing. Obviously, we need to be able to continue in this in this vein. Obviously, with the, with the stadium, it's an important aspect of the IMG. And I, I think it was a brilliant move by Paul King to position himself with these other people to say, look, it's, this is on you. If this doesn't happen, I've done all I can. 
this mm. you need to do this and i think that was a master stroke rather than <laughs> not talking about it and like what you say what you like when councillors and MPs and that, they always just kind of like promise loads, then just deliver a little, little. But if you've got a, a motivator, a communicator out there saying, I want to do this, I want you to work harder for me, I need you to do this for me, everybody remembers, everybody knows, and that's why we're where we are because he's kind of like he's locked him in now. And that's yeah. where that's the, that's the best thing about it. Yeah, I mean, he certainly put a rocket up, let's hmm. say that. But we, we, I think we were quite lucky, actually, in in, in some ways that the Mayor Paul Dennett was, is on our side. When he spoke at the meeting in the middle of last year and he came out, he bought share, he'd, he'd done this, he'd put money into the club. He's fully fully behind everything. He wants it to, to work out. And there were people in his own council who didn't, who, who a little, were against doing anything. To, to help the club in many ways. And he, he stuck his neck out and said, I think this is the right thing to do. And I think we were lucky to have him on our side. And yeah, so he, he, he took the you know bull by the horns and along with Paul King has moved it on. And we're now hopefully in a position where things can get better. Yes. Exciting times. Just need to hold our nerve for that little bit more and we'll get where we need to go. The club on Thursday put out a statement uh, saying that they'd agreed a 12-month extension to play at the uh, Salford Stadium. On the current terms, both Salford and Sale have produced a proposal uh, to put to the council, which will benefit both clubs financially in 2024. They're hoping uh, that the, a deal can be done uh, for Batch. Uh, so that's something to look forward to uh, in 2024. Obviously, it's been a while, been waiting for a deal to be done. And it's great that the club have managed to agree a 12-month extension to play at the uh, Salford Stadium in 2024. Talking about players going, Parker, Matty Unsworth has gone to the Crusaders. He was reserve team player of the year last season. Opportunity club gives opportunity. But like you said before, um, if we were in this IMG cycle and it was 10 years down the line, he may have been given opportunity and blooded into the first team to see if he can uh, reach Super League level. Yeah, again, I'm a little bit disappointed, especially the fact that our squad is so small that we're letting so many players leave, even if they were just going to be fringe. They're there, aren't they? They can, they can step in. Who's the lad who's just gone from he's gone from Whitehaven to London? Josh Rock. Josh, I mean, another one. London think he's OK to, yep. to be in the Super League squad. We, I trust the people who are running the club. Of course they do, especially the rugby league side. They, they know this stuff. They know a lot more than I do. But... It's like we had Jack Stevens and people like that moving on, and and now Matt. I wish him all the best. Again, yeah, really, really good talent, really good player. But there's obviously financial constraints as to why certain players can't stay, and he needs his chance, I suppose. And who knows? Like so many players, he may end up coming back. <laughs> Seems to happen quite a bit at the moment. But you need to get out and get experience. Is he going to get experience this year in the Super League? Like we said, probably, probably not. He might have got one or two games, maybe something in the cup if we'd have got a fairly routine tie. But there's no guarantees for a lad. He can go off now, build his career, and, and hopefully make him a better player. And he can, he, he, he loved his time here, hopefully, and he can decide to come back one day. Yeah, it shows the great job that Stuart Wilkinson has done as well, obviously. The class of 2021, 2022, lots of players now playing in Championship. Josh yeah. Rock playing Super League. It shows yeah. that our pathway is working. 
It's just a shame we can't have an academy, isn't it? Can you imagine what we could do. Yeah, this is this is the crazy situation we're in now with all this. Especially now with IMG, you think they'd step in and say, "You need, yeah, you have to have an academy in Super League." That that would be my starting point. I would have thought. I mean, I think we're still in a bit of a privileged position hmm. as as we are because yes, we've got Wigan, League, Saints, Warrington, all on our doorstep, sort of thing. But you go the other way. You go over to Oldham and Rochdale. They've got teams there, but rugby league hotbeds. And then you've got the Trafford and Greater Manchester. The athletes, people who want to play sport, we could go and pick them up, give them a chance in an academy, give them a run, and let's see where we go. We're missing out, I think, and we're missing out on a generation of players. But imagine what we could do. I mean, we did it before with Sneedy and Theo Farge and people like that who, who all came. Nile Evels, all these lads who came through. Jordan Turner and Stefan Ratchford before that. Mm. We, we, we can produce players. We just need a bit of help doing it and, and, and the chance to do it. And this is what's happening. They're going into the reserves. They're hitting a point now and they're going, well, I don't want to be in reserves for another two years. I need to go and play. Mm. And if I can't play it, I've got to move. So, yeah, it's slightly disappointing to see the lads go, but I hope, I hope they really just go on and blossom and, and remember that it's where we started. Yeah. Another departure, Ken Seal has gone back home. Compassionate grounds on his Insta talks about how much his family means to him, and that's why he's, he's going home. Five years at Salford Parkey, 102 appearances, 78 tries, 13 goals. Uh, was Super League's top try scorer in 2021. Played was well, in the Samoa squad for the World Cup and was part of our grand final team in 2019. Tremendous winger for me, real, real try scorer. Um, and I think the best thing about it was he didn't make many errors. When he made an error, you were like, oh, he dropped the ball there. He doesn't do that very much. And and that shows, yeah, people talk about his try scoring. People talk about his pace. But I think some players are great because they're very consistent, but they've also got that ability to go up a level. And that's what I think Ken Seale did. Yeah, I, I was, I'll be honest, I was devastated that day when I heard mm. he was going. And I'm not joking. That's not a... It's it's up there with the Jackson Hastings level for me. He's a modern day legend. I don't like saying legend in terms of we're not talking David Watkins and people like that. He's what he did for us in the time he was with us was absolutely unbelievable. He, we, we were a team the last couple of years. We've thrown the ball about. We scored tries, whatever. Before, no, our wingers never top try scoring levels. They're, they're never up there. Some of our players, they all sort of score about the same. Every year consistently, Ken Seo scores a lot of tries somehow. Sometimes, I mean, some of his interception tries are not. His brains, the way he thought about the game. And the big thing for me was, I listened to Dion Cross talk about him and the way he helped him. Now, bear in mind that Dion Cross was a winger and now plays centre. And Ken Seo talked him into how to be that player that he is at the moment. He gave him that that support every day at training. He helped him a little bit more because he's played alongside good centres. He knew what he wanted from a centre. So for a guy switching position, and you know, early days of his Super League career, Ken Seo helped him through that. And then Dion Cross is playing for England Knights. It's things like that you don't see that go on in behind the scenes in training. You ask any player in our squad, and I'm sure every single one of them's got nothing but respect for Ken Seo and, and great words for him. An entertaining a character, a really nice, but a family man. And as he's proven, he's given up his career now 
for his own family back home. I, I just, we'll miss him. We will miss him. And I know uh, uh, Salford Roosters will miss his lads, the, the under eights, because they were, they were two really keen players. And our ladies team will miss Vicky. So as a family, they, they bought into what Salford was. And I know a couple of years ago, Ken had a chance to move. He could have left us. And he was talked out of it on a couple of fronts, one of them being Vicky, saying stay at Salford. She liked it here. Before, before we had a ladies team, she loved the environment, the way everyone treated everybody. And Ken, again, he gave that back. You know what I mean? It wasn't, he, he knew he was loved at Salford. Why would you want to go anywhere else? They might have offered him more money, but he stayed. And I, I've got nothing but, but good words for Ken Siona. I am absolutely devastated. I just wish him all the best for the future. And who knows? I mean, he might crop up somewhere over there having a game, keep his hand in. But he's a loss to Salford, and I think he's a loss to Super League. Yeah, obviously, good luck in whatever comes next, Ken. And I say he'll always be a, a red devil to us. Arrivals now, Parker. Chris Hankinson yeah. signed. Centre. Yeah. Uh, goal kicker, played for mm. Wigan, played for Featherstone. Opportunity club gives opportunity. Well, he was one of our academy players in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so it's gone full circle now he's 30 or whatever. Yeah, look, it'll be useful as a, a, a great sort of. I, I, I don't know how we're going to set up this year. We've got a lot of players who seem interchangeable in them positions in mm. centre wing. And it, it's kind of, a not, I'm not sure how we'll go with it. But he's going to be very useful for the squad. Very his goal kicking is really good, which obviously we've got Mark's need. We don't generally, but if he's not playing, we relied on Ryan Braley last year, didn't we? A couple of times, and mm. I know Ryan's not dead keen on on doing it. So again, he steps into that, but he's got experience. And he's been when he was at Wigan, he'll learnt a lot. You don't play at Wigan, you don't train at Wigan if you're not good enough. So he'll know all that. He'll learn, and he'll come back now, and he'll probably see this as. And I don't mean this in a bad way. He's only 30, but as a, as a last chance, a last crack at Super League, perhaps. But he's going to have to make this work. He's got two years. By the time that's over, is anyone looking for a 32, 33-year-old centre? So this is his big chance now to shine and show the potential that he had a few years back when Wigan signed him. Mm. Wigan, Wigan weren't going to sign him just for the sake of it. Mm. They wanted him to be a first-grade player. And... Like you said, it's unfinished business because he was in our academy and probably coming back. And like you said, opportunity. And I always think there's always somebody who breaks breaks in to the main team every season where you don't expect them yeah. to become a shining light. And I think he possibly could be because, like you say, he's, it's unfinished business for him. Yeah, yeah I, but I mean, the thing is the competition there. Obviously, you've got Tim Laffey, Nathan McDonald. Uh, Deon Cross and now Chris Ankinson. I mean, that mm. competition alone keeps players on the toes. And if you're not playing well, he's in. You've got a ready-made replacement, no matter who it is. If Chris starts the season and Deon Cross is breathing down his neck or somebody else, it's, it's a good position to be in. There are positions in our squad where we're not anywhere near as strong as that. Our centres, I think they look really good and I think we'll, I think we'll benefit. And I think what, what Chris will bring is experience. Mm. A lot of experience and know how getting around. And I'm sure Paul Rowley have done his checks. Ian Blees will. They'll know he's a good character, good to be in the squad, because that's the one thing that we do have. You see the sort of camaraderie between the players every year for the last few years. They, they, they all sort of get on really well. So 
he's got to fit into that, and I'm sure he will. Yeah, another new signing, Parker, Joe Meller, experienced hmm. halfback slash hooker, played for Lee, played for Witness, um, had a good season with Lee last season. Obviously, with the departure of Andy Ackers, opportunity for him uh, to get a starting berth there. Possibly. I did look, though. I don't think he played hooker at all last year. You know? I, I, no, I think he was halfback all season. Oh. No, I'm, I'm a little bit confused by the signing. I like the lad. He's a good, he's a decent player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, that's not where I'm going with this. But we have, we've brought in, well, we've got Cuss from, from Wigan. We've got Mark Sneed. We've got Chris Atkin, three halfbacks, mm. and now we brought in a fourth. Now I know you want someone. You might go hooker, or we might put Chris Atkin on. They're not hookers. That's it's not there. I mean, they'll, they'll play there, but they're not that. I, it it kind of confused me a little bit. I, I, I'm not I, the lad himself. Yeah, I've got no problem at all. I just don't know how they're all fit together. And do we need an actual hooker instead of? I mean, you still got Amir Borough to come into the team. We've signed Shorrocks from Wigan, who's played hooker a lot last season. I'm, I'm a little bit, I, I think, I, I worry a little bit that this signing, like a couple of us, are just signings because they're available, not specifically aimed at playing a position. And I know we need numbers in the squad because I'm not being funny. There's more people in this room than there is <laughs> in our squad, I think, and there's only me. Um, so we do need players, but we need, we need props, definitely. We could have done with the hooker. There's a little bit of play still to be added. Obviously, we've lost Kenny Co. I know we've got Ryan and Nanny McDonald can go on the wing if you need or cross. Maybe another winger. I don't know. It's just it seemed it doesn't seem like a, a targeted signing to me. It seems like he's come available. We'll have him. I remember us doing it with Martin Moan. <laughs> he came available and Cal Harrison signed him, so Lee couldn't sign him when we were in the first division back in 2003. We signed somebody, so somebody else couldn't sign them. And it, it kind of like, yeah, but why? So, as much as I like Joe, and he'll do a great job, and who knows? I mean, Cust may have to go into into hooker, because he could play there, and you play Joe Miller at halfback. There's Chris Atkin going here. I think he's been shifted about a little bit too much, Chris, and I hope mm. he doesn't get upset, because he is a fantastic character and a, a, an even better player. But... I just, I just worry a little bit. He seems a bit disjointed. It'd be interesting to see how Paul Rowley squares that circle because, mm. like you said, Cade Cust and Joe Meller, Cade Cust's about four inches taller and about three stone heavier mm. than mm. Joe Meller. Mm. So, That's... are you going to have a... a yeah. Is he looking at stri- keeping the Brody Croft defensive steel... But mm. I'll think that Kate Cuss will bring because he's yeah. a bigger unit out wide, or will he want to put him in at hooker to to try and put a bit of bump in that pack? But yeah. I've watched both of them on YouTube. Obviously, YouTube's the number one scouting tool for many podcasters, including me. And both the highlight reels are very they're very sort of second man, third man running mm. at an edge. None of them are, are right running in the centre of the mm. field, which mm. kind of worries me because I think to myself, if you want to, if you're being a hooker, you need to be comfortable in that area. That's, I mean, the thing is, we're talking about defence. I mean, there's probably no bigger defensive position on the pitch than the hooker. Mm. 
But the amount of tackles that somebody like a James Roby would do or a Danny Houghton at Hull or back to Mal Galka and Peter Edwards and whatever, if you're a hooker, you defend. That's what you, that's, You're in the middle all the time. Mm. And it takes a lot out of you. So you've got to be prepared for that. And that's, I mean, Chris Atkins said, he liked playing there because he's always in the action. He's absolutely knackered. Yeah. You've got to be ready to do that. And I'm not sure either of them two will be. Especially Joe being 32, 33 soon. Does he, you know, does he want to be doing that? No, not really. So it is interesting, but yeah, I, I, I've got no problem with the signing in that way. I just think if if we're running low on on cash, could it be focused somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know what the lad earns. I've got no idea. He might, he might be on twenty quid and a big orange. I don't know. But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it just seemed a bit strange. But and be careful trying to get all your stuff off YouTube. You could end up with Chris Borghese. Yes, <laughs> it. Back in the glory days, that's how we used to that's scout players. <laughs> now it's just a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, good luck to both. Lots of opportunity now to to, to take your career and, and the Salford Red Devils team and club forward. Talking about things going forward, Parky, the rising star rugby league development pathway starts again in January. Year 10 and year 11 pupils are able to, to play in that rising star development pathway. Very exciting times. Yeah, it's been it's been a decent success, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I know people. I spoke to people who've been involved or have had kids involved in it and that sort of thing, and and they've loved it. And it's, it is. I mean, it's, it's it's as good as we can do at the moment. We we don't have. I know it's called a pathway. We don't really have a pathway as such. But what we're doing is we're giving these kids a chance to show what they can do and just get involved as well. That's not. But it it gives them a chance and and, and something to aim for. Some good coaching to bring on the skills, and you will find there that. Two or three of every lot will always stand out and be just be that good. And from that point on, even if they go back to their amateur club and do whatever, you keep an eye on them. You've got that contact, and it does. Be, and hopefully, in a couple of years' time, we get an academy or what the scholarship and everything else, and they can come through that way. It's brilliant what they do. It is, and like I say, I've spoke to people who are involved and, and have been involved, and they've got nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, and like you said before, with the council and the club and the foundation, yeah. building this process that this these kids go through to reach the, the first team. And yeah, it, it won't happen overnight, but if we can keep it together and we, we can build on it and put the layers in it and put quality into it, five years down the line, ten years down the line, we could be bringing through real quality youngsters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, yeah, the, the, the rugby league strategy that the council, I think, are putting together is is going to be key for us now. And this is this will be part of it. It's what you do. What we don't want to do is do is do all this hard work now. But once this is over, where do these kids go? What happens in two years' time? And they've just been forgotten about. So we need it's an ongoing process now. But this is a good place to start. It's a good age to start as well. You start seeing sort of where the talent's coming through at that that age. You can be too young, or someone could just be bigger than everybody else and look brilliant. But it starts to even out a little bit. You get to see the skills. I've seen it myself through watching my nephew and things like that. How how they develop, and it does. It's frightening the pace that it happens, but it's about that time these these years mm. where you, you can now look and go, yes, I think you're you could be the next thing. We're going to have been doing this for years, and that's that's a model to to try and follow. Yep. Yeah. 
So that's the end of our first uh, festive podcast. Big thanks for joining us. Don't forget, uh, you c- we made the shortlist for the best rugby podcast in the Sports Podcast uh, Awards. So if you would like to vote for us, uh, please find the link on our socials um, and hopefully we'll uh, get to the, uh, the final in February. Also, big thanks for joining us. And also, if you would like to buy us a coffee via our coffee over the festive period, you can do using the link in our socials so big thanks for joining us we wish you and your family a very merry christmas we'll see you soon for more so for devil's chat on your devil in the detail Ha, 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 ha.